0: Doom Patrol, Negative Man, Elastigirl, Robot Man. Someone wants the Doom Patrol reunited.
1: Your every word and action
0: is being broadcast across the planet. Now, Monsieur Mala!
2: Well done, my Doom Patrol.
0: Well done. It is too
2: late for you, Calder.
0: Your beloved
1: patrol
2: is doomed. Hello and welcome to Waiting for Doom, the Doom Patrol podcast, where we talk about Doom Patrol a lot, about uh, the Doom Patrol and things to do with the Doom Patrol and things that are directly associated with the Doom Patrol and indirectly. Um,
3: (laughs) Yes, correct. A cornucopia of doom betrayal. Hello, yes, I'm Mike. You can find me on Twitter at avantgarde. You can find both Paul and I at waitingfordoom.com, and you can contact contact us at at gmail.com uh, And we're also on our Facebook page, and all our mini episodes are available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and bodbean.com
2: You can contract us as well if you want us to do <laughs> yeah, so special jobs for you.
3: Dirty deeds done dirt cheap. Oi.
2: No, I was, I was thinking done for a pretty pretty uh, generous price for us. But uh, Okay. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it is a cornucopia of Doom Patrol. It's a ball pit of Doom Patrol, <laughs> as it were. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm Paul. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at reading underscore hicks. And uh, I'm on, on all the other socials as Flanger, if you want to hunt me down. Mm. Uh, not part of the contract. Um,
3: <laughs> Unless I get white. Oh, never mind. We're a little yeah. bit rusty. Can you tell? We are rusty. <laughs> Can you tell? Oh my God. Yeah.
2: And we also have a Cedric Show Twitter account, which is Wilfred at WFD pod. Hello, Wilfred. Hello, humans. Wilfred's still hanging in there.
3: Well done, Wilfred. Well done, you.
2: Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, we're back. It's the brand new year. We're doing new Doom Patrol stuff.
3: Yes, because, you know. Unsurprising, well, maybe surprising to some, there is new Doom Patrol stuff on the way. Mmm. A- and yes, there is. On on the air. On the air? In the air? On the TVs, currently, even. At this
2: so, stage. Yeah. So, is it appropriate to ask you uh, about your end of year in comics, or your start of the year in comics, or, you know, do you have any resolutions
3: Okay, I um, look. I came up with a hobby resolution today to do with my miniature painting stuff. I've come up with a comic resolution for this year. I'm going to read at least 365 comics this year. Good golly, that is my resolution. And I, I, it might not be specifically one a day, but it will be. You know, I might read multiples on the one day. So mm. that is my goal. That is my aim. Um, that it, I'm going to make it happen, Chef. Um, it'll just, it, it's, I've, I've just got a, I'm, I don't think I've got 365 of my backlog yet, but I might be pretty close. Oh, <laughs>
2: uh, yeah. I mean, you probably have a digital backlog of more than that anyway. Um,
3: well, I don't really subscribe to anything digitally. I, I have the DCU Infinite app, so it's more like, oh, I might go check out this old series from the 80s that I never read. Whereas I've got physical copies of things sitting there taunting me still to this day. Mm. How about, well, how about you, Paul? How's the start of your 2023 shaping up?
2: Oh, okay. I I, I went into it fairly uh, fairly flat. I wasn't, you know, sometimes you're young and you're excited for a new year, and I was mm. like, oh, just bring on the end. I've had enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah. I'll get the smoke machines and the laser lights ready for you, sir. So. Yeah, thank
2: you. Um,
3: yeah, no, it, uh, it's
2: fine. I I, I I, looked at my um, – I had a very impressive list of things that I read and, and watched and all that, and I looked up last year and discovered that I basically didn't even get close to what I did the year before. So mm. I think – I wonder if that's the COVID effect because I had a lot of time um, with COVID around the place and work wasn't really working and everything. So
1: maybe, Maybe, maybe.
2: Yeah, but
3: yeah,
1: um, uh,
2: I went and saw Avatar the other night, so that was.
3: Oh, how how was that? Um, yeah,
2: well, probably not worth a thirteen-year wait, but uh, <laughs> you know, not a bad night out at the movies if you right. have the patience for a long movie with uh, very unsubtle environmental messages. So, yeah, okay. But Sorry. I enjoyed it. I mean, it had it had like um, like some of the t- the the craft in it—a very GI Joe, you know cool hovercraft type things and yes. hydrofoils and stuff and it you know they've exploded real good and i like that
3: <laughs> oh good so it, it's it's uh, the good old nature versus technology fight once again i'm assuming
2: yeah yeah
3: oh cool i can definitely skip it then hmm. <laughs> good to know
2: i mean it's got some lovely visuals like if you were a uh, marine biologist you would probably get a kick out of the made-up marine life in you know, it. okay so. um and if you were a A blue soldier alien person you'd probably get a kick out of uh some sort of fiction of that okay yeah (laughs) but i there i mean there is some a bit of aussiness in it because one of the bad bad guys in it is a an aussie character who i've seen him on tv i think his name is like simon cowell but he is what Uh, i would call like a a c or d grade actor in australia like he's you know, he's the sort of actor you would see as uh, in a role like um, dodgy gambler right, <laughs> or, or nosy neighbour. I mean, that's the sort of role he would have had in the past. <laughs> but in this, he's very much an evil bastard. So. Well,
3: one thing that I've watched recently, I actually binge-watched the last couple of days, uh, was season three of Star Trek Lower Decks. Ah. Uh-huh. I don't know if you're familiar with that or if you've seen I have any of watched- it.
2: I have some. I've seen season one, I believe, and some of ah, season two, but I am behind.
3: But for those that aren't aware, it's an animated Star Trek series, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, and in one of the, the uh, we watched the last three episodes today, and in one of them, uh, one of the characters Boimler creates um, basically a holodeck movie that they 're all acting in um, and part of this movie involves time travel, uh, and so they have to travel back in time to to stop the bad Romulans um, and they end up. In uh, like early mid 80s Sydney, of all places. So of course, there's, there's the Opera House in the background and the Sydney Harbour Bridge, which is a real thing for those that still deny it. Um, and so the, the the crew are you know heading towards this museum where they've got to save this octopus. Don't ask. Uh, and they get jumped by uh, very Aussie punks. <laughs> But <laughs> pull out knives, and one of them goes, Oi, gummy, you sort of thing. And we just like, Oh my God. <laughs> oh, wow. Very thick Australian accent. So, yay, Aussie bad guys, I guess.
2: Fantastic. Yeah, well, shall we uh, do some Doom News on our Doom Patrol podcast about the Doom Patrol?
3: Do we have some Doom News, Paul? We do, yes. Let's go to the Doom News desk then.
1: All
2: right, so we are getting very, very close to uh, the debut of another Doom Patrol run, mm-hmm. The Unstoppable Doom Patrol, and it's all uh, written by Dennis Culver with art by Chris Burnham, and it is getting exciting. We're starting to see lots of images and things, so uh, we have news, like uh, we did a brief discussion of the new characters last time. Yes. 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 So the the pink, fuzzy, um, you know, sprite-looking critter is called Beast Girl. Yes. Yes pink or purple probably purple i would say um
3: well i I would say probably a bit of both because from what i remember reading her her appearance can change ah. um and and as she gets sort of beastlier is that a word it is now um and it, it it sometimes affects people around her so that'll be interesting to see
2: yes well dennis culver said She's a young metahuman whose powers have not only caused changes in her appearance, but let her influence the primal instincts of those around her, sending them into fight-or-flight responses, among other things. Mm-hmm. She is very enthusiastic about becoming a superhero. You're going to love her. Excellent. So, so yes. And uh, the other guy is the Degenerate, who... Um, <laughs> yes, uh, he he's a bit Hulk-like, but... A uh, little bit. Yeah. yeah. He's... um. There's a picture of him where his jeans are popping open. It's a bit like a pub flash happening. But, uh...
3: <laughs> well, that's sort of degenerate. Hey. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, but uh it was, was say, he's when his powers are trigger he, triggered, he begins to devolve, becoming more and more powerful as he loses more and more of his humanity. He doesn't immediately fit in with the rest of the team. You're going to love to hate him. Ooh, Ooh. And, a bad
1: boy. Uh, yeah.
2: And someone spotted Gotham, uh, Wayne Tower on the background of the first cover by uh, Dennis Culver, did a, a cover for the first issue. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and that is taking place in Gotham for the first issue, but it's not; they're not set in Gotham no. from now on. But um, for a writer, Dennis uh, Culver can draw the shit out of stuff. So, um, <laughs> yeah. As someone who can neither draw nor write, I'm impressed.
3: It's it's very exciting times to be a Jim Patrol fan. Yes.
2: Yes, and it's all going to the first appearance of the the new. Well, the new launch is going to take place in what's it called?
3: Lazarus Planet Dark Fate.
2: Lazarus Planet Dark Fate. Uh, tribute to the Terminator movie of a few years ago. <laughs> oh um, <my> God.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that's you've just given away the entire plot point for Lazarus Planet. It's all based off. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs>
2: So I'm looking forward to that. I have put in an order. Um, there are multiple issues coming out, covers coming out, so you can pick and choose the cover. Um, the cover to Dark Fate that I really like with the Doom Patrol team coming at you, um, that's, I think you've got to get like a 100, 100 copies ordered to get that Something one. Something like but, that, yeah. Yeah, that's a bit depressing. I'm not hmm. getting that one. But I did get the, the cover, the green cover, where they're going to be down in one of the corners with a bunch of other DC characters. So. Oh, Cool. It's uh, about 25% Doom Patrol on the cover. Right. Instead Instead of 100%. So, yeah. Uh. And uh, Dark Fate will come out in February. February. In the second... In a couple of months. Um, (laughs) And Unstoppable (laughs) Doom Patrol will be out in March. Unless someone stops it. (laughs) (laughs) Unlikely.
3: They better not. They better not.
2: But um, what you can do, and this is something I suggest that you do, Mike, personally, and our listeners might want to do, is uh, you su- can subscribe to Dennis Culver's newsletter, which is called Culverized, mm. which is a clever pun on, uh, yeah, It'd be, like, you could call yours Garviside, you know. Oh, you
1: know. Well. <laughs>
3: uh, no, that sounds a little bit murdery if you're saying Garviside.
2: Yeah, I could call mine Hicks Maniac or something,
3: yeah. <laughs> anyway what else were you saying
2: um, I don't know <laughs> yeah there's lots of covers Check it. there's a really beautiful cover of um, Rita sitting in a pond with real boats but it looks like they're toy boats but mm. they're real boats
3: I'm very interested in the, the covers the variant covers for Unstoppable Doom Patrol 1 which have Jane looking into a mirror and there are f- and the mirror has a scratch away function and beneath the scratch away function, there are five different Jane's personas you could possibly reveal.
2: I actually, When I first heard about this, I thought, is it scratch and sniff? And I, I have decided it is scratch and sniff, though oh, there is you? no fragrance. Right. So you can sniff it, but you right. won't smell anything different.
3: You'll just, get, you'll just inhale a little bit of the scratched off stuff.
2: Well, if you're caref- not careful with how you scratch it off, there might be you know loose flakes of it that... Uh, a powerful uh in breath through the nose could suck in. But mm, uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's um I'm just
3: gonna yeah, scratch I... it, I'm not gonna sniff it if I if I'm lucky enough to get one of them. So Yeah. yeah. But that, that's a very cool little gimmick.
2: It's like an instant scratchy and you're just as likely to win something.
3: <laughs> well you'll 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 win the vision of, of whatever personality is showing reflecting in the mirror. You know?
1: That's mm.
2: cool. So you're gonna order some of those, Mike?
3: Uh, I think this, there's probably also a high order rate for those, so I don't like my chances. So
2: I think they're individually orderable, but uh, you know, given that it's going to be five different uh, revelations, yeah, um, yeah, it's a bit tricky how to how to go, and you know, like I I, I emotionally have a problem with scratching part of a cover. <laughs> 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 Because then it's not mint.
3: <laughs> yeah, look, w- with the Jared the Ware, Nick Darrington, Doom um, Patrol number one, remember how some versions of it had, you could peel off the um, the sticker on the front yep. to reveal what was underneath it? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I would have had issues with that as well. So um, yeah. the, the temptation, the, the do or do not. So, yeah.
2: But here's a compromise for people. Maybe buy the issue with the scratch-off bit, but don't scratch it, just sniff
1: it.
3: yep yep do it in front do it in the shop as you pick it up in front of complete strangers and then just go wow this doom patrol smells good Mm. and that that's just going to spike sales through the roof i'm sure
2: encourage other people to uh, sniff it yeah (laughs) sniff the doom
3: Nice. Oh, good lord! Um, just in time to save us from any more degeneracy. <laughs> is that a word? Um, what's that ticking I can hear, Paul?
2: Oh, that would be the the Doom Clock.
3: Yes, nice. it it has been a while, but that is indeed the mighty Doom Clock. Wow!
1: Nailed
2: it.
3: Well done. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> okay so as we look upon the face of the mighty doom clock for the first time in 2023 we can see that it has been just on 127 weeks since we had a new doom patrol book on the shelves just over two and a half years that was
2: you, you gotta be kidding
3: oh, kid, all right i kid you not no I'm, I'm not kidding. feels like three weeks yeah well thanks covid um That issue was Issue 7 of Doom Patrol Weight of the Worlds, which we discussed in Episode 161 back in July of
1: 2020.
3: Mm. So, there you go. But thankfully, luckily, yay, us and the Patrol, um, as, as Paul was just saying in the Doom News section, the Patrol will be returning to comics and to a hand in the very near future. First up will be a 10-page story in the Lazarus Planet Dark Fate one-shot, being released on February 14th of 2023. That's Valentine's Day. That's
2: Valentine's Day.
3: What a lovely present to get your loved one.
2: You could get someone a nice bouquet of them.
3: Yeah, you could. That's that's only six weeks away, so start planning now, everyone. (laughs) And after that... The Patrol will be starring in their very own brand new six-issue limited series, The Unstoppable Jim Patrol. And this new series will be brought to us by the creative team of Dennis Culver, Chris Burnham, Brian Reba, or Reba, uh, apologies if I've mispronounced that, Brian, and Marie Javins, and it goes on sale March 28th of 2023. I mean, 12 weeks away.
2: Can't that, wait. would be a nice birthday present for me.
3: Would it? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll, just going to make a note. Tell Sam to buy Paul lots of copies <laughs> of Doom Patrol for his birthday. Yes. Sorted. Sorted. All right. Paul, it's mm. been a while, but are you ready yes. for the This Week in Doom Patrol History guessing game for the first time in 2023?
2: Absolutely. Hit me.
3: Fantastic. I will not hit you, but I will instead roll the 10-sided Die of Doom, and you are getting a 7. 7? 7. Seven, lucky seven,
2: lucky seven,
3: lucky lucky seven, lucky Paul. All right, question the first.
0: Uh, Okay, higher.
3: Okay, are we are
2: we in the are we in the sixties with this one? Nineteen sixties.
3: No, we are not in the nineteen sixties. Question two.
2: Well, are we in volume two?
3: We are in volume two. Ooh. Question
2: three. Question three. Are we... uh, Are we looking at a a, a Grant Morrison issue?
3: We are looking at a Grant Morrison issue.
2: Pa-pow! You're
3: doing well so Uh, far. Question four. Question four. Question four.
2: Uh, what's it smell like?
3: <laughs> um, oh, let me have a quick yeah. squeeze at my note. Have you got it there?
2: Is it out of the bag?
3: Um, I have got it here. Um. Pop it open. Go okay, all right. Can, can you hear me pulling it out, if you'll pardon yep. the expression? Um, hang on, I'll have a smell. Mmm. Mm. Mm, smells like volume two all right um (laughs) uh, what can i say it smells like uh i could give you a hint but it'll probably be a big one and it might give it all away but it smells like rain
2: smells like rain
3: question five
2: question five um okay rain rain on the cover uh, uh
3: I didn't say there was rain on the cover. I just said it smells like rain. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Get your facts straight.
2: You're trying to trick me. Alright. Um Is is it a Richard Case joint?
3: It is a Morrison Case joint.
2: On the cover though.
3: Uh on the cover.
2: Is it a joint is it a, a case cover?
3: Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: It is a case cover.
3: It is a case cover. Actually, I'm going to double-check that now that you've got me worried.
2: Well, you can tell the difference between Bisley and Case, I'm sure.
3: Oh, it's not Bisley. Right. Yeah, not It's not, it's not, Bisley. not Bisley. Oh, no. no, no. I wouldn't get enough. It's not the Google Um <laughs> It's not the Dart. Um, there are only Australian listeners that will get that reference. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely Case. It's definitely Morrison. You have two questions remaining.
2: Big All right. So, we would have, uh, So, if I remember correctly, we it can only be between 19 and say <laughs> 28, can it, can't it? Maybe? Roughly. Roughly? roughly maybe? Uh, roughly? Um that cover stuff
3: uh to do. Carry the two.
2: Is it, well, alright, is it, is it a story about Dorothy getting a period?
3: (laughs) (laughs) No, it is not a story about Dorothy getting a period. You have one question remaining.
2: Alright, is it uh, 22?
3: You were very close. But I it hate is. when you
2: say that because then you say it's actually number 61. <laughs> I feel like it's not close when you do that.
3: No, it is close to, to 22 because it's actually issue 19.
2: Oh, it's the Crawling from the Wreckage part one.
3: Yes, it's the very first Morrison case jam. Okay. Yeah, you were doing very well there. So close, but not quite. So close. So yes, going on sale for $1.50 American on January 3rd of 1989, with the cover date of February of that year, was Doom Patrol, Volume 2, Issue 19. This issue featured the first part of the Crawling from the Wreckage storyline and was brought to us by Grant Morrison, Richard Case, Carlos Garzon, Johnny Workman Jr., Michelle Wolfman and Robert Greenberger. And following on from the events of the Invasion crossover event, which has been discussed in detail over on our DCOCD podcast in episode 5 of that show from March of 2018, the patrol are in ruins, with the team members either now dead, in a coma, in a mental institution, or recovering in a hospital. Despite all of this, the Chief, Niles Calder, intends to resurrect the Doom Patrol, but who will join him? And who or what are the Scissor Men?
1: Hmm.
3: Well, the answer to those questions, you'll have to read that issue for yourself, or you can listen to Paul and I discuss this comic in Episode 6 from February of 2015, which you will find over in the Doom dossier for Volume 2, Part 2, over at WaitingForDoom.com, and that is it for the Doom Clock this week.
2: Yeah, if your olfactory senses have been a bit more uh, stronger and more reliable, you would have said wreckage or something, but anyway.
3: What does wreckage smell like, Paul? <sighs>
2: Smells like how I feel now,
3: mate. (laughs) But I was looking for something within that comic that would, you know, I could easily vocalise as a smell. God, I'm mucking up my words tonight. But the scene with Coming Out of the Rain...
2: Oh, you went into the comic to smell.
3: I was... Did you not hear me leafing through the pages? Yes.
2: I wanted you to smell the cover. Oh. No
3: wonder I didn't get it Oh, yeah, uh, yeah yeah, it's my fault I'm sorry I'm sorry uh, I, I should have said, oh it smells like you know silver pen ink from where Richard case signed it, but you know that would have given it away anyway so
2: smells like cliff in anguish
3: <laughs> uh-huh, what's anguish smell like?
2: <laughs> How I feel right now anyway, right. let's move on.
3: Let's please. <laughs>
0: The Long Halloween, Hush, Dark Knight Returns, The Killing Joke. These are all Batman stories that have been talked about, and talked about, countless times over the years. They are considered classics, and in most cases, that title is fitting. The thing is, Batman is nearly eight decades old, and whilst those stories are worth talking about, there are plenty of other Bat-comics that are being a and overlooked. And that's where we come in. Hi everybody, my name is Michael Bailey. And I'm Andrew Leyland. Andy and I decided that it was a crime that there were so many great Batman stories out there that weren't getting their due. To that end, we started a show, The Overlooked Dark Knight, and non-index index show. Our goal is to talk about the previously mentioned Overlooked stories and tell you why they're worth your time. The show comes out twice a month, with the first episode focusing on the back Books from the late 70s and early 80s. We're starting with the Len Wien run and working our way forward through the books written by Jerry Conway and eventually Doug Mensch. On the second episode of the month, we'll dig into the various adventure comics that were based on the Fox Kids slash Kids WB Batman animated shows because they're really good and hardly anyone seems to remember that they exist. The show can be found at the Fortress of Bailytude podcasting network, which is located at www.fortressofbailytude.com. The Overlooked Dark Knight, the non-index index show. Shining a bat signal on the bat stories that no one seems to remember or care about. Because somebody has to.
2: So now it's the part of the show where we talk about uh, something to do with the Doom Patrol in the segment that is known as Doom Splaining, And we have uh, three things in particular to Doomsplain. And they are the first three episodes of season four of Doom Patrol, the TV show on the television or the streaming or the computer, because it's modern times. But, or your phone. You can watch it on your mm. phone. It yes. Have your iPad. You can mm. watch. Yep. Some people have fancy fridges that they can watch it on. Um, but so anyway, we won't go into all the places that you can watch it. Um, but if your fridge is full of rotten food, then there's a lot of uh, smelling to go with it as well. Um, <laughs> drop the smelling, Mike. It's I think it's
3: yeah, it's, it, it's it's a bit on the nose. Come on, it's
2: stale. It's stale. <laughs> yeah. So the first episode was called Doom Patrol, and um, yeah, there's a few things happening in this, but the main thing is they go into a future which has been devastated by zombie butts, um,
1: mm.
2: and they they find the town where they live, and everything has been screwed up. So it, it's kind of like a, a butt-to-the-future scenario.
1: Oh, my
3: God. <laughs> <laughs> well done.
1: Well done. Yes.
2: Thank you. Well um, <laughs> uh, now, what did you spot in the way of um, comic tie-ins? We want to highlight comic tie-ins. So what in this episode came from the comics, Mike?
3: Well... There was the appearance of the villain, Codpiece. Cod Codpiece. Which, which was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> which and, and just to quickly go on an aside, he, he, the absurdity of that character and his appearance was only slightly outdone by the sidekick, Lackey, waiting at the van who did tech support and then had a cannon coming out of his butt and aiming it at Vic. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Cod Codpiece. It was very cool to see Codpiece. He was a little bit more, um, I want to say, like, 80s WWE wrestling type than he was in the comic. But that was definitely still Codpiece, shooting his load all over the place.
2: (laughs) Yes, he was a very subtle character. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, There was also, I mean, the team basically... uh, struggling with Rita's leadership because they discover that uh, when they go to the future that everything is messed up because the Doom Patrol has failed and Mm. the the team in the future are mostly dead um, and are resentful ghosts. Mm -hmm. Um, Vic is the only one still alive and he wants to steal the time machine that they have now attached to the robot head that uh, was rocking around uh, of ROG. Yes. Uh, the robot and they've called that Shipley with the time machine in the robot head is called Shipley which is interesting and cute mm. um, yeah um, so they yeah that, that's the, the gist of it all so what was the best bit to you what let's call it the scene of doom for you
3: the scene of doom for me was that entire opening sequence where dr. Harrison is basically providing a, an overview of all the team members. and and how they've been interacting. I thought that was a really well-done intro to the team, possibly for new viewers, and possibly to to catch up those of us that haven't watched it since last season. Um, So that whole opening intro scene was really cool for me. That was my scene of Doom. What about you, Paul? Uh,
2: My scene of Doom was probably when the team was uh, getting given new code names, and Rita... (laughs) decided that uh, Madame Rue should be Dogshit McGivens. So,
1: yeah, <laughs> so, that's mm, a good
2: one. Yes, yeah. yeah, and when they had bought um, codpiece, you know, dog shit McGivens got instructions. So, yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was very bizarre. I mean, the fact that they put jellyfish on their head now to travel <laughs> through uh, Shipley to
1: mm-hmm. make them...
2: Retain their memories. Yeah. And yeah, all that sort of stuff. And Vic has no powers now, but uh, yeah, he had a good confrontation with uh, COD Pieces sidekick Stuart, I believe was the name that I found in the credits. Right. Stuart the sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but there was another common connection, a very subtle one, that um, when Vic was talking to his dad, he mentioned them fighting Cell Phone Sylvia or assisting Cell Phone Sylvia. It was hard to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is a character from. The Mark Russell Wonder Twins.
3: Oh, wow. Okay.
2: Yeah. She's part of the Legion of Annoyance.
3: <laughs> right.
2: One of the lower leagues of Legion. Um, mm. Legion of Doom villains. <laughs> wow. Yeah. There's, there's some, a few good characters in the Legion of Annoyance. There's the Scrambler and uh, Red Flag. <laughs> right
3: my yeah. I remember He's, the Scrambler. He, yeah, he had a pretty he had a cool power um, yeah well, was
2: cell phone Sylvia had a cell phone that was not really a cell phone but could send people into the fandom zone uh,
3: that's so. right now I remember her there we yeah mm. <laughs> good fun. lord
2: yeah um, and of course we've got Keeg rocking around Keeg was introduced in the Jared Way run yeah. um, as the name for the uh, energy being so yeah this is uh, but uh, Keeg and Larry aren't getting on but yeah overall it was a uh, it was a fairly depressing start to the season like I think I was on a high at the end of season 3 because mm-hmm. the team had all sort of come together and they you know they were doing team things and they yes. seemed to have resolved some of their angst mm-hmm. but uh, yeah there was a great big helping of new fresh angst for this one wasn't there
3: yeah look uh, I enjoyed part of this episode but it also felt like a step backward. Because you're right, like, Season 3, they were like, yeah, let's go and fight this giant testicle monster. And then <laughs> Season 4 opens, and, and, like, it's really cool to see Codpiece, but he was in there for, like, what, five minutes? Um, and they're kind of doing team stuff, but it's like, there was a part of me going, where's the fight with the testicle monster? Don't tease us with your testicle monster and then not follow through. Um, and, and what's with the jellyfish? There's There was, like... <laughs> Yeah, there were bits that were like, it was like, um, and they were talking about fighting the monster, and they were talking about other bits, and it's like, uh, to me it felt like, you know, I, uh, what what's that rule in comics, show, don't tell? Yeah. Um, and there was like a lot of talking about stuff that happened off, off camera, and I was like, I, I kind of wanted to see that. And then there was also the step backwards towards all the angst, which I kind of get with Laura being promoted to team leader, um, and that you know, causing more clashes and then them travelling into the future to see what had happened and how things had turned out. And I was like, oh, okay, here we go again. So, Mm. like, I'm really happy to see, you know, the patrol back with another season, but at the same time, it's like, oh, okay. Mm." So, yeah, I, I think, yeah, season three ended on a really optimistic note you know they were going to be doom force uh, <laughs> and then it was just like uh, okay they're kind of doing team stuff but uh,
1: yeah okay yeah
2: yeah so yeah. i mean yeah but i did like uh the the end of uh the show sort of glimpse of what's to come where we saw willoughby kipling uh consulting with these uh leader bunbury the bunbury
3: rabbit, the <laughs> rabbit. Oh yes
2: Yes, and uh, yeah, we got the tease that a mortis will rise. So mm-hmm. there was a, a crop. Uh, it wasn't really a circle; it was a bunch of writing, crop yeah. writing, a crop. letter mortis- yeah. yeah. But yeah. did you have a quote of the episode? What was your favourite quote?
1: Um,
3: I try to think of one, and I I, I couldn't think of, I, other than maybe um, Rita. I, I couldn't think of one until you just mentioned Rita calling <laughs> Laura, dogship McGivens, <laughs> for a code name. That was pretty funny.
2: Yeah. Yeah. My quote was uh, Vic talking to Stuart, where he says, What do you mean, just the IT guy? You're an integral part of his villainy. You're the foundation he builds his nefarious success on. <laughs> <laughs> and he gives him a pet talk, which leads to Stuart trying to blast him with his bum cannon. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Good one, Vic. Yeah. Good one.
2: <laughs> yeah. <sighs> uh, so that was, that was the moment for me. Mm. All right, on to episode two. Now, what was episode two about, Mike?
3: Episode two was called Butt Patrol. Um, and Reach is still moping about Laura being the, the team leader. And Laura and Cliff Goff go on their own little side mission to track down Darren Jones from the Bureau of Normalcy, uh, who they suspect is the source of the zombie butt. Uh, infestation Jane and Vic go off on their own side mission to contact the butt hunter who we previously knew as it, it's the same guy isn't it as, it's, it is As the, the same guy yeah okay it's not like his lost twin brother or something it's the, the beard hunter has become the butt hunter um, and so they they track him down and have a, a interesting interaction with him there. There's lots of venting from Rita um, uh, to, to Larry about you know uh, the change in leadership, and basically there's also um, I don't know if they're flashbacks or just flash sideways, but we see that the bureau is weaponizing the whereabouts, uh, and they bring in a uh, musical specialist who. Basically tames the werebutts and gets them to perform what is my absolute favourite scene so far <laughs> of Season 4. But all the butts singing and dancing to Shapoopy. Shapoopy. <laughs> yes.
2: This was the episode that brought in show tunes in a big way. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah, they, those were flashbacks because they occurred before the Doom Patrol um, busted up the ant farm and uh, all the butts okay. got loose. So. Right. Yes, so we do see that. I mean, the problem is they know that the butts will become zombies and wipe out humanity, so they're trying to fix the butt problem before it gets uh, uh, escalates. So they think they've tracked down the last uh, zombie butt, which I think it's actually uh, Teddy. <laughs> Teddy, because yeah, there were two twin butts, uh, Teddy right, and Nicholas. Yes. Yeah, oh. so I think Teddy <laughs> is the one that the butt hunter gives them that's frozen. But at the end, it's revealed that uh, Dr. Yu has Nicholas. Mm. Uh, or Nicholas. If you... Yeah, yeah,
3: Ni- Nicholas.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> I suppose yeah. you didn't go on about it escalating, but anyway.
2: <laughs> Escalated, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I did like Larita's plan to improve the team's performance by her wearing flat shoes and encouraging uh, Cliff to swear less. So, big changes, <laughs> which lead to her being deposed as team leader.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So uh what was your favorite bit of this?
3: Uh the shapoopy scene. That was sh-poopy, just hilarious. Yeah. Um all the butts are in costumes, they're singing, they're dancing. It was glorious. Having said that though, I, yeah, I'm I'm kind of ready to move on from the whole wear butt stuff.
1: Yeah, and well I, think- I
3: mean- the this, this scene with Darren hopefully kind of put an end towards that. But, uh, and my God, that scene as well, that was, that was really weird. And then it ended very over the top with um, Cliff basically crushing his skull in.
2: Yeah, well, Cliff gets the hand with the, the one finger that can feel things and he doesn't want to feel anything except his um, grandson. Um, mm. So he puts an oven mitt on it, and everyone one points out that he can actually feel the oven mitt. But you know, Cliff has to ignore that. Um, and then he—the first thing he really feels is uh, zombie brains as he kills uh, Darren Jones. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah um, I still don't know what's going on with the General Wampus, who's the brain-damaged general who's always eating burgers. Um, yeah, no. He coined the phrase "the butts are loose" in uh, season one, I believe. <laughs>
1: Mm, yeah. Mm.
2: Yeah. Uh, what? A, there was a nice uh, tribute when uh, Jane and Vic went undercover as Agent Wolfman and Agent Perez. So.
3: <laughs> yes.
2: Yes. <laughs>
3: and, um, yeah.
2: And I think Cliff was uh, wearing a t-shirt uh, referencing Doom Patrol because he had a brick by brick t-shirt. Yes.
3: On. Yes, he did. Yes. Mm. Very nice. Very nice. A little bit meta, but very nice. Mm.
2: Yeah. So. Did you have a quote for the app? What was your favourite bit?
3: Ah, uh, can I call a song a quote? Because again, <laughs> the best scene for me was the shapoopee dance number. <laughs> it was
2: just. <laughs> You're my shapoopee, Mike. Yes, you can have that.
3: Thanks, Paul. Um, you, yeah. you can also be my shapoopee.
2: Yeah. My quote of the app was the buff hunter saying that uh, butt hunting was chess, not, and then he didn't know what to say, and then eventually said Yahtzee. <laughs> so.
1: Mm. yeah. 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 Uh,
3: uh, again, it's kind of, for me, this one was also a little bit one step forward, two steps back with all the angst and all the the, the moaning and stuff and just, I don't know. I know yeah. it's only two episodes into the new season, but, you know, yeah.
2: But uh, shout out to Riley Shanahan for riding a bike in the Robot Man costume. That yes. can't have been easy.
3: Yes, and yeah. That's and that would have been hot as well I mean, he's already told us how the suit can heat up quite a bit but yeah, mm. on the bike as well oh my god
2: yeah, but um, yeah, there were songs in this I mean, I hadn't heard either of the songs prominently featured The the Ladies Who Lunch by Elaine Stritch and uh, Buddy Hackett's Shapoopy <laughs> did you know either of them before this?
3: Um, I'd heard Shapoopy before because, oh god help me they use it in a very early episode of Family Guy. Oh, um, and, oh and, I
2: could see that. I can imagine that.
3: Yeah, and I think it was... I think they used it as, like, the halftime entertainment song for some football game in the show. <laughs> so all the footballers <laughs> and the cheerleaders are dancing around and Peter Griffin singing Ship That's I could be misremembering it, but that's all I remember of it. And I was like, ah, oh, okay. But I hadn't heard the Ladies' Lunch one, song before either, so... Mm.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, the Ant Farm and Darren Jones, of course, are from the... uh Grant Morrison comics, uh, Richard Case comics. Mm-hmm. But uh, the butts themselves are straight from the TV show. There was no... Uh, the butts didn't come from any uh, else. And Dr. No. U is a new creation for the show. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. And uh, a pity that she was able to whip those butts into shape, but then had, uh, <laughs> her work with the butts was unappreciated.
3: <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> yes. But uh, we she has made a friend of the butts and has a, a, a butt safely with her after the, uh, destruction of the ant farm.
3: Uh, and what's that butt's name again, Paul?
2: Uh, Nicholas.
3: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I just wanted to hear you say that again.
2: <laughs> All right. Now, and the third episode was nostalgia patrol. Now this is probably my favorite of the three episodes. Uh, okay. Just, yeah. Uh, but, um, Yes, someone tries to trap uh, Rita in a Rita Far retrospective festival at the local cinema. Um, and I was, Did she buy all that popcorn for herself, or was she anticipating her fans being there? Um, I, I, I wasn't it, quite sure.
3: I think it was a bit of both. <laughs> you, you've seen her devour chickens all in the past, so, you know, um, her fans weren't there, but, you know, she was sorted for her own food, <laughs> I guess.
2: Yeah, and it, I mean, if you're a big Greed of Our fan, this was the ep for you, because we really got a good look at her filmography with uh, Secret Rendezvous and mm. things like that. Yeah, now one thing I did notice, Alistair Kincaid, who uh, was the the fiance in Secret Rendezvous, was played by R- R- Riley Shane. Yeah,
3: and, uh, yeah, it right. was very cool to see him outside of the suit.
2: He is a tall boy, isn't he?
3: He is, he is.
2: Tall fella, oh, I should call him a man, he's probably a man. Um
3: <laughs> Probably. Yeah. You know we've met him on the show before, right? You know We had him on the show. We
2: interviewed him, yes. Yeah, yeah.
3: He did tell us he did play basketball. So, you know. Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a tall man, yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah, And he was the, the voice of the brain as well. which uh, That's right, yes. We only discovered, and he had a musical uh, performance as that as well. So, <laughs> yeah. a man of many talents and great height. Indeed. a phys- physical capability, so
1: mm-hmm.
2: an impressive person. Um, smells mm-hmm. great, I hear
1: uh <laughs>
2: huh. Yeah, uh, and the rest of the team uh, go to support Rita, and end up getting sucked into her filmography, uh, except for Madame Rouge, who um, escapes as a bird just in time
3: mm.
1: and
2: um, basically has a a self loathing session with tons of gin. <laughs> yeah,
3: doesn't doesn't she just
2: yeah? <laughs> Lots of gin. Um. <laughs> uh, oh, I should mention that Vic goes off to Detroit and has the weirdest bunch of friends in the weirdest location and they have a very (laughs) undetroit time i this didn't work for me i wasn't sure if it was trying to be ridiculous but it it, you know i don't know what they were doing but you know they seem completely out of step with all modern day uh
3: (laughs) things well yeah i i actually enjoyed part of that because it showed that vic was trying to reconnect with his pre-superhero life um, and, you know, he's trying to make those connections again, because, he, you know, he, he admits that he's he's coming to terms with the fact that he doesn't have his superpowers anymore, and these were, you know, his his bestest buds, and, like, you know, they were there for his mum's funeral, and, you know, they went to, to school with him, and, and all this stuff, so it was, n- I, I actually enjoyed, I mean, yeah, the pizza place with the laser tag stuff seemed a bit, well, I don't know, dated a bit, but I think the interaction between him and his friends was really interesting.
2: That pizza place looked unrealistic for 90210. I <laughs> wow. <laughs> but, uh, I, I mean, I didn't get... His friends seemed to be pissed with him for... They were sad when his mum died and he didn't wasn't there for them. <laughs> Which, it, it's a pretty weird situation.
3: Yeah. I, I don't know. I didn't get that from them. I think it was more just like... I, I think it was more that he moved on and went and did all the superhero stuff and, and didn't stay in touch with them. Because so, mm. I think at the time when his, his mum, I'm sure even Vic says something along the lines of, you know, when his mother's funeral was happening, he was still, you know, um, recovering from the explosion and, um, you know, probably still being cobbled together by his dad. So, But yeah. it was
2: hard for them that his mother died. They were the pallbearers, don't you understand?
3: Yeah, well, maybe it's she was... It's not about from- him. <laughs> maybe she was very close with all of them. I don't
2: know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, now we do uh, comic connections. Have you got some comic connections for us, Mike?
3: Oh, boy, do I ever. Because in the Secret Rendezvous movie, Larry meets someone who um, we end up having revealed is Mr. 104.
2: Wow, yes.
3: Who is definitely a comic character and a bit of a deep cut as well because he originally appeared... Back in Volume 1, in the 60s. Yeah. So, he was in, uh, like, Deep Patrol 98, 105, and 106. Those last two, we actually covered in um, Episode 49, which was Rita and Mento's honeymoon episode. Oh, yeah. Which we did back in 2016. Um, and uh, we covered... We, we did Episode 30, which we titled The Life and Times of John Dubrovny*. Which was Mister 104's real name, uh, which covered his appearance in uh, his first appearance in issue ninety-eight. But he also appeared in the Jim Patrol Suicide Squad special, which we covered that same yeah. issue. Um, and apparently, he also appears in a comic I don't believe we've covered. I could be forgetting it, but he appeared in Teen Titan Spotlight number nine. No, nope, um, we did cover that. We did. Okay, I'm just an old forgetful man. We did um, the
2: Beast Boy miniseries and that issue in the one.
3: Ah, see, I could say I was testing you, but no, I'm just old and tired. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's it's revealed at the end that um, the person who has somehow worked this sorcery to pull everyone into readers' movies and try and get an emotional response from her is someone called Dr. Janice, who, this is another very deep cut, Dr. Janice appeared in My Greatest Adventure 81 so the second ever comic to feature the Doom Patrol, uh, Janice was in a story titled The Nightmare Maker, uh, where mm. they were creating monstrous illusions that the patrol fought, but Cliff couldn't see, and yep. they, he thought he was going mad. Um, and it was revealed that Dr. Janice was a wanted war criminal from the Nazi Ministry of Propaganda. And a dude. And a dude, yes. And and clearly Dr. Janice on the TV show is not a dude, dr janus is a woman uh and we covered that way back in episode five in yeah. 2015 so some very deep cuts there
2: yeah no i actually uh, always said it as janus in my head but uh, oh. but uh, maybe that's another butt connection with jay anus maybe
3: M- maybe <laughs> maybe janus
2: <laughs> janus
3: <laughs> oh dear <laughs> <laughs>
2: But uh, for me, the best bit of this episode was the music in Secret Rendezvous. It was so pitch perfect for that type of film. So, uh, yeah, well done. What is that, Mansell and uh, Klein? They're the audio people for that. But I also loved uh, Rita's trashy sci-fi movie.
3: (laughs) And Cliff says, were you in Star Trek? (laughs) You never told us you were in Star Trek. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Loved it. (laughs) <laughs> and the outfits they're all wearing in uh, that scene. <laughs> this is fantastic. So good. Yeah, fantastic stuff. So, yeah, uh, this was my favourite of the three, probably because it was the least angsty. Um, but as far as character development, I think uh, Madame Rouge is getting the most out of this. Yeah. So yeah. She, she is trying really hard to change and have people recognise that she's tra- changed. Uh, she certainly regretted... What she made Cliff do, as far as killing Darren Jones, and the fact that his uh, his feeling finger was uh, violated with zombie guts, mm. um, brain, brain, zombie brains, yeah. brains, yeah. Um, so yeah, interesting stuff there. Now, who would you say uh, was the most doomable player in the three apps?
3: <sighs> Look, I'm. I have to be on Rita's side for these three apps. She's doing her best to lead the team. She gets demoted. She gets a little of a, bit of a pickup when she gets invited to her film retrospective, um, which then turns out to be a trap anyway. But to then see just April Balby, just, oh my God, she's A, she's gorgeous, B, she's a fantastic actress. And just the way, in that final scene where they're trapped uh, in the, you know, quote-unquote, Star Trek scene, and she's just like, look, you know, I'm not perfect, I've screwed up, but I'm going to come and save you guys anyway. And even though that doesn't quite go according to plan, she's still trying her damnedest. So, um, yeah. yeah, I, I, I think... It, it, yeah, it's nice to see Laura step up and, and, you know, trying to do right by the team, but I think readers just had more of a interesting ride so far in, in this first quarter of Season 4.
2: Yeah, and uh, Dr Janus, or Janus... Or James, yeah, of course, is uh, harvesting the emotions for uh, Immortus so he can rise. Yes. So, so that's the third, um, third hit on that note for the season already. <laughs> I think he could be the big bad.
3: I think you're right. Uh, hmm. I also think that the Immortus in the TV show is going to be completely different from general Immortus in the comics. Yeah. Because... Um, General Amortis is more of a nuisance than a big bad, really?
2: Yeah, he's a very long-lived old man. Mm. That's his powers, basically.
3: (laughs) Do you have a favourite quote from this episode?
2: Uh, My favourite quote was probably Rita in her black-and-white horror movie going, Fuck! Fuck! (laughs) (laughs) Because it was so anachronistic to the the time and the setting.
3: Mm. Yes. For This one and this one in particular, um, my favorite is when uh, Madame Rouge is uh, telling the team that you know their next exercise is going to be a trust mission, uh, they're, they're going to go on a team building and togetherness thing. And you know, the mantra moving forward will be T R U S T trust. And Jane replies with, Oh, fuck me, I'm back on Underground Avenue. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's the puppet show that yes, that's <laughs> part of. <laughs> Yes. It was very good. Really very good. good. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so that that is our coverage of those first three episodes. I mean, we understand that not everyone can watch them yet, so we haven't tried to go into too much depth. You know, we haven't described any of the smells of the show. No. Uh, just just the visuals and the audio. So
3: Yes. And that way, maybe with a bit of luck, with us doing them, you know, three episodes at a time, because there are only 12 episodes this season, which I actually like. Um, Mm. because uh, I think season one had 15 episodes um, and that was maybe a little bit too long, but I know they had to introduce everything. So I think... And and they're having a mid-season break as well. So we're going to get six episodes, mid-season hiatus slash break. Then they're coming back with a back six later in 2023. Um, So that will hopefully give people time to catch up. um, Yeah. With our musings and, and, and thoughts on it. So, but yeah, I think... The first two, yeah, they, they were they were okay. Uh, season three, uh, season three, episode three is where it starts to get more interesting.
1: Hmm.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it for Doom Doomsploiting.
3: And now it's time for the mailbag of Doom, where we're going to catch up on some correspondence we received. Thank you very much for those that have written in. Um, some of this is from a little while back, and we apologise for the delay in checking the mailbag. I blame Wilfred. Uh first off we heard from Professor Allen, who <laughs> sent us an email titled None of Your Bizwiff. And he said, Doomsters, I have enjoyed your Bizwiff coverage so much. That's the Batman Superman world's finest coverage we've done in the last few episodes. Professor Allen has decided to change the names of the classes that he is teaching this coming semester Introduction to BizWiff, BizWiff Financial Management, and BizWiff Applications for Excel. I'm hoping that by the start of the next academic year, I can get the name of the building I work in changed to the College of BizWiff. Keep up the good work, <laughs> <laughs> Professor Allen from the relatively geeky podcast network, including uh, Darkness Delight, and he calls himself a tenured professor of BizWiff. <laughs> Thanks, Alan. <laughs>
2: I love it when people run with our crap. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got a letter from uh, Scott Arthur, who basically uh, uh, schooled me in Corto Maltese, because I was saying <clears throat> Corto Maltese had its origin in the Dark Knight Returns uh, comic by Frank Miller in '86. But he actually said there was a comic called Sergeant Kirk from 1967, which uh, had uh, Corto Maltese as part of it. And uh, then it, it rocked around a bit in European publications before. Um, Frank Miller, obviously, was paying tribute to it. And then uh, I think it finally, after Dark Knight Returns, the, uh, an American publisher started repeating, uh, reprinting those in English, the Culto Maltese comics.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, uh, wow. So that's that's the history of uh, Culto Maltese. And it's all tied up with Terry and the Pirates and stuff like that. So, sick. Um yeah, what else is in the mailbag?
3: Uh, we heard from Dr. Ange, also in regards to our Bizwiff with coverage. And she said, Been meaning to write you guys since you started covering World's Finest. The comic is just incredible from top to bottom, from story to art. This is probably my favourite book on the shelves right now. I'm biased, of course, but I have to say that I agree with you when you say that Supergirl is a hero of the book. Mark Wade has always captured her voice very well throughout his career, and he does so again here. She's quick to act. She's still new enough to get startled at things. She's a young hero in that weird middle space of not new but not established, and she acts like it. My favourite moment is when, you is when, without pause, she body-tackles the Nezar-controlled Superman, just saying, nope. She didn't try to talk him down or cry. She knows he's a threat to kill the other heroes and steps in. I agree that there is a bit of a bromance between Batman and Superman here. I think it is that they both have such complete respect for each other, it can almost feel like affection. But when Kara says, we both loved him, I thought, hmm... As for Dan Moore's art, you know it is good when the different fan bases on Twitter all want him to draw a solo title of their favourite character. You want him to do a Doom Patrol book, I want him on a Supergirl book, I read GL fans and Robin fans saying the same thing. Even if the Patrol isn't in this book, I hope you keep reading. This book is awesome. Agreed. Agreed. Biswift is fantastic fun.
2: Yeah. yeah. You're still reading it after the Doom Patrol?
3: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's um, in my to-read pile still. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely there. So, it's going to be it's part of the... Inches three inches down.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Don't leave sex tape. Um, it's, it's, def- it's definitely there in the to-read part. It will be part of the 365 for this year, I promise. Yeah.
1: Mm,
2: excellent. Uh, we also got a, uh, an email from, well, a comment on the website. You can put comments on the website, like Craig McDee And he said, um, I, he's talking about the next run of Doom Patrol, the unstoppable Doom Patrol. And he said, I wonder if Larry's time as the positive man has been retconned. Uh, the last time we saw Cliff in Weight of the Worlds, he was a baby. Uh, we'll be interested to see how much of Gerard's ways Gerard Way's run is canon will be explained away. So, yeah, we're uh, anxiously awaiting to see that. Um, I, I, I feel like some of that is just old business and they can sort of ignore it and get on with um, current status quo, but we'll, yeah, we will see. I mean, I'm personally very curious to see if um, the new characters will debut in Dark Fate or in Unstoppable Doom Patrol number one, because... Uh, Hmm. Know, uh, if I was the editor, I'd say put him in Unstoppable Doom Patrol, because first appearances, bang. Bucks.
3: Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. Uh Butter
2: bucks. Also...
3: <laughs> yes, that's how that saying goes. <laughs> we also got a comment on uh, our site uh, waitingfordoom.com uh, in regards to episode 175, uh, which was titled Bizwith Nezhar Beaver Plinth, uh, which <laughs> sounds like a cry for medical assistance but this comment came from tim price and he wrote double the doom definitely i agree that this arc was great wish there was a bit more doom patrol but except that it wasn't titled doom patrol world's finest guest starring batman superman because that would be dip with gaz <laughs> too bad <laughs> since that just rolls off the tongue did anybody else think that Devil Nezhar looks a lot like Kid Devil, you know, Blue Devil's old sidekick, Eddie Bloomberg, after he got Underworldly Unleashed. Red skin, white hair, horny head, all the same, except Nezhar is older looking, so that'd be Geezer Devil. Right. Uh, You must have talked about the patrol's costumes before, but I'll step back and say I really like Rita's costume. It evokes the original design, but replacing the skirt with biker shorts is really a great look, and makes it less icky when she embiggens for those upward shots. A nice adjustment by Dan Mora. I wait anxiously for the beloved Doom Patrol to appear elsewhere, and for your fine coverage, cheers. Thanks, Tim.
2: Yeah, well, we should probably uh, highlight for people who don't know, and I think most people know, that uh, Mr. Nobody recently appeared in uh, the Superman Returns special. That's true. Yeah, yeah and Batman and Superman had to fight Mr. Nobody, because mm. uh, he was doing weird art performance stunts.
3: You Didn't. don't say. <laughs> Oddly enough, I also have that issue in my to-read poll. So.
2: <laughs> <laughs> How far down, mate?
3: Don't let me sex tape. Ah! <laughs> you just make it so easy um anyway
2: so many sex tapes
3: <laughs> sorry i it's it's been a while um since we were the a
2: sex tape work- <laughs> warehouse <laughs> oh we've got stacks of sex tapes
3: hang on you do work in canberra as well oh, I do. <laughs> hey the context for those that don't live in australia canberra um the capital territory of australia um, was quite well known for being the hotbed of porn in our country for many years. Yes,
2: Fishwick. Fishwick is the suburb where, yep. where you can... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go into it I thought, no, people don't need me to go into it. It's oh the scratch-and-sniff capital of Australia.
3: <laughs> oh, my God. Well, <laughs> on that note, unless there's <laughs> anything else in the Mauer bag of Doom, <laughs> Paul... Yes. What have we got coming up next on the feed?
2: I think the uh, next thing coming on the feed will probably be the DCOCD event bracket, Ooh. where we've got a panel of experts, and they're going to say uh, argue for what the best event is out of uh, 32 events, getting them down to the one event that rules them all. Um, so that will be an interesting time. Mm. Um, I won't tell you who's on it, because you might not listen, because some of them are dickheads. Um, <laughs>
1: That's
3: yeah, not look, true. <laughs> they're it's all great. Um, yeah, look, I, I had a quick text convo with Dr. Herfenstner the other day about that, and he's he's a bit feeling a bit anxious about having a group therapy session, about uh, yes. this sort of thing. So um, it'll be interesting, I'm sure. Yeah. At the very least.
2: And beyond that, I think we're going to do another Waiting for Doom on Doom Patrol, uh, the next three episodes. So three, four... No, four, six,
3: five, three, five, four, five, and six. There we go. We got there at the end. Oh my God.
2: <laughs> they make it so hard with these random numbers so you yeah, apply to
3: them. I'm so glad you never worked for Sesame Street. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my God. Oh, the tax office.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Excellent. Okay, cool. Well, if you would like to get in touch with us, you can send us an email at waitingfordoom at gmail.com You can leave a comment on any of our episodes on the site, waitingfordoom.com You can reach out to Wilfred on Twitter at WFDPod Um, And yeah, as always, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, Stay cool. Be good to each other. Don't be a crumbum. And we will catch you again next time for more Waiting for Doom.
2: Smell you later. (laughs) So, all right. Yes. Have we got
1: everything mentally in gear for this? Mm-hmm. Sure.